Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. show coming up for you today we have a special guest on today and the enemy's craig smith he's new to the league in season three this year and we're happy to have him on craig thank you again for joining today's show thanks for having me much appreciated Ant. yeah absolutely and we're excited to have you let's let's start because you're not you're known as rhino uh that's what you're going by on your uh social media posts i'm assuming that's what some yep. of your colleagues call you uh obviously watching your game and watching some of your highlights we see that you implement a lot of your strength into your game, which I'm assuming is kind of where the name comes from. But where did the name actually originate, or the nickname, I should say? Oh, it actually originated in Minnesota. Uh, Kevin McHale um, was watching practice one day, and I guess I was just, uh, you know, beasting people. He was <laughs> like, man, you run into people like a rhino. And, you know, uh, 13 years later, the name sticks with me. Um, I've uh, people call me that from different countries. Uh, in Israel, I'm Kanaf. And uh, in China, I'm Shinyu. Um, so it's just good to to have a nickname and had to have it stick around for so long. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing to you know go across and overseas and people are still calling you that in their different languages. And having that nickname start with uh, someone like Kevin McHale, the Hall of Famer, calling you that, that's got to be a cool way to uh, start your career there. Uh, speak... You know, speaking of the NBA a little bit, uh, before we touch on the big three, I mean, you're a guy who's come from the Northeast and, and bought in the Boston area. You went to Boston College. Obviously, you, you played in Minnesota in the NBA, and then you went to L.A., and now you're you're kind of living out there in L.A. I mean, that's that's got to be a huge lifestyle and life change. I'm, I'm sure you've been living out there for a little while, but, I mean, just talk about in terms of, you know, uh, you know, living in, in Boston in that Northeast area for so long and then moving across the country just you know, really get jumpstart your career. Yeah, um, people don't really know this because they they know that I went to prep school back east. But I'm originally from Los Angeles. Oh like, no way! <laughs> yeah, I went to uh, Fairfax High School. I mean, uh, I lived in pretty much every part of LA, and I always knew this would be my home. But uh, I think from my journey purposes, I definitely had to go back east. Uh, to get well well groomed and get prepared for uh, the profession that I was getting into, and uh, I mean, it's a going back east is a culture shock in a sense because I mean I, I've been born on uh, born and, and uh, basically spoiled with good weather all my life, <laughs> and to have to go through the brutal uh, beatings of weather um, in the winter between Boston and Minnesota was tough, but I think it, it just ultimately made me stronger. Which one do you think was worse in uh, in terms of weather? Man, they're so different because I feel like in Minnesota it's more of a dry cold. So like right. you spit on the ground or something like that, it'll freeze. Boston's more on the water, so it's a different type of cold. They're but they're both pretty different, but I mean and they're both two different experiences. So I, I couldn't compare them or say one is, is well, I guess I guess being in Minnesota you have a wind chill factor that was much higher than Boston, so I'd probably say Minnesota was cold. Man, that's I mean, I couldn't even imagine. I'm, I'm from the southeast, so I don't. I, we don't get a ton of snow down here. But I mean, to go from sunny Los Angeles to any part of the 
the country with so much snow, it's got to be a, a little bit of a culture shock there. Uh, so when you when you move on and you do play for the Clippers in L.A., I mean, what what's your first reaction to that? I mean, you got to be excited, right, to go back home? Oh, uh, man, I was so excited. I mean, the kid from the inner city, uh, you know, to be able to uh, play basketball, which is his dream in front of his family and friends, it's almost full circle. And uh, I was just very appreciative and thankful to have the opportunity to play at home in front of my family and friends. Yeah, I, I know that's got to be a, a super big joy and kind of motivate you a little bit to play even harder when, when you have those games in L.A. and stuff. Let's, let's just think hypothetically here for a second and say that we go 100 years into the future. Uh, people bring up the name Craig Smith. They bring up Rhino. Uh, if people were to bring up that name and describe your game or talk about your your presence in the NBA, how, how would you want to be remembered in that, in that, uh, that sense? I think I want to be remembered as ahead of my time. And I think having the opportunity to show that in the big three is what it's going to be about. I felt like I was always a versatile player, but due to certain, um, you know, coming in at certain times in, in, uh, in basketball in the NBA, you know, it's different styles. Obviously now it's a little bit more faster up pace, but I mean, back then when we had big guys, we had like Shaq and guys like that. So it was just like, get the point guard, the ball set screens and post up. Now, you know, Guys are able to, you know, push the ball up the court, you know, freely without, you know, having to give it up to a guard. And I think it's it's worked out. So I feel like that's part of my game has that part of my game has old school, too, where there's a lot of physicalness. So it's just I just want to be known as a, a pretty good all around player who brews people and um, obviously got the respect from some of the greats. Yeah. I would I would say that if, if you if you were playing a little bit more today, I think your your game would transition really well because you're so versatile and can score in different facets, but also do a couple other things there. I mean I mean obviously evolution is part of part of growing up and part of the years going on. Do you like the evolution of today's NBA? I do. I mean, just to show the versatility and everybody's very very skilled. I think that's pretty cool. To have everybody has a skill down to the center where everybody kind of thinks like a point guard. So everybody can make a, a rip through or a crossover move. I think it's pretty dope. You can see, you see guys like Joel Embiid crossing guys and stuff like that. Or, or, uh, the Joker having triple doubles out here yeah. on, in the playoffs, you know, back to back. So it's just, it's, it's really good to see as far as the big man, but obviously you kind of like, you know, you like the physicality sometimes when a guy just backs someone down and turn around and duck on him. Oh yeah. Know? But I feel like that could still be a part of the game. It's just utilizing other, in other ways based on the players that they have, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the public eye's per- perception, I think people forget. They think, you know, 7-footer, 6-11 guy, he's not that athletic, you know. He's not going to put the ball on the floor and be able to cross guys up. And so I think in today's today's world, we kind of see that a little bit more. And, it, you know, it shows that guys even before that, are, are these are really athletic people. You guys are really athletic guys and can really do it all regardless of how tall you guys are and how big you guys are. So I think, that, I yeah. think that's kind of the best part if it kind of shows – you know, the best features of everyone's game a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so you, you spent some time also overseas. You don't, you didn't only do it in the States. You got to play overseas. You mentioned a little bit how you how you gained some respect from some of your guys. They were call, calling you your nickname and their own languages. Besides maybe the competition, I mean, wh- 
what what's the biggest change and i guess not just competition but also style of living but what's the biggest differences in playing overseas and playing in the nba well playing overseas it's it's not it's not always going to be uh you know luxury you know i think that's what people uh you know that's what was first presented to me like after the nba it was just like oh i went right to jerusalem very very lovely place but very different it's not like the states at all you know there's sand and dirt on the side of the roads there's goats crossing the roads so it's a little bit of different you got to understand the culture and i think that was one of the most important things that i went over there and did each country that i went to i made sure i understand the culture and and pretty much tried to blend in to have a better understanding and i think overall for me it was just more than basketball it's about an experience there's a reason right. why i'm here in this area so i i, I just made sure i tried to talk to as many people as I can and have so many um, experiences and I think that's what people most respected from me because I, I felt like I was always different too in the sense of I would in order well, when we're playing basketball and some of my and I'm on the player and I'm on the team and I'm on the court with some of the players from overseas I'm gonna actually say hey we need to start running plays and let's say in your language because I know this American guy's not doing this study over here where we could be doing these plays that'll throw them off and create an advantage for us. Wow, yeah. That's got to be some type of experience. I mean, so you know a couple of different languages then? A little bit. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> working on it because I feel like Hebrew language and the Mandarin language are, one, are two of the most difficult languages, right. especially writing and stuff like that. So I feel like I still got a long ways to go. But I feel like I have I have a lot of understanding, and I think that's one thing. Um, just have an understanding of another person, you know. So I think I have that. Just being, by the way, I've traveled the world, having that opportunity. So I I guess that's you know I can read off people you know a little bit easier having that experience. Right. How do you how do you think that's uh do you think it's like reshaped your game in any way in in, in terms of just playing overseas and playing, uh, talking with guys who are uh, bilingual, maybe trilingual, and uh, just having to kind of read people in a different way? Oh, yes and no. I felt like I, I have a personality that I can always get along with people, so I don't think that was the issue. Um, one of the things that I noticed about my game that really changed was the, the ways I had to score. I really had to be a, more of a student of the game because I just – wasn't able to post up people anymore, especially being overseas where I felt like I, w I was very dominant. I understand there was a lot more um, double teams coming, and the pain is not as big as the league any in the NBA, and there's no three seconds. So I have to think oh, of wow. more creative ways to score. So one of the things was, was just, hey, I need to show more of my versatility. If I get this rebound and I don't see the point guard, I'm pushing the ball up. I'm pushing the ball up into the offense. That's not working. I'm thinking about other ways. You know what? Let me step out because I feel like a lot of guys they've been a lot of very disrespectful on my jump shot. So just getting in the gym and shooting and creating those opportunities now, where you know what? I'm going to make him think now that hey, he can make this shot also and he can drive. What am I going to do? How am I going to defend this person? You know? Yeah. I wanted to really make the defender think about what he needed to do in order to stop me in each possession, you know, but it's, 
but confuse them at the same time. Right. And man, man, that's so crazy because, you know, nowadays you turn on you turn on the NBA and, and that's the style of the game. That's the way the game's being played. That's how you you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier is how these bigs play. They they're multifaceted, they control the ball, they they handle the ball, they play down low, they stretch out. They're shooting jump shots. They're uh, they're backing you down in the post. So it's just crazy that uh, you know you were kind of like you said ahead of your time, and and now you you probably turn on the TV and think, man, this you know I was already doing this. You know I started this wave a little bit. Yeah, it's just it's cool to be a part of a process because I felt like we were always called tweeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> and now tweener, you want a tweener on your team now. Right, it was like it was like back then. Like scouts were judging you by, by yeah. is he going to be able to play the three? Is he going to be playing the four? Yeah. And now they're like, oh yeah, give. No, go. Yeah, I know. They're like, give me all the tweeners I can get. You know, they you know they see a guy like Draymond Green in the finals, and they're like, oh, I want I want my own Draymond Green. So it's it's crazy. Uh, let Let's talk about the big three. Um, first of all, how did you hear about the big three, uh, and what are you most excited for in terms of season three? I mean, I'm a West Coast guy. Anything Cube does, <laughs> I, I will always have to see because it's just embedded in us. He's done so much, you know, right. for the West Coast. So for me, it's just an honor thing. So I've always been a fan and been watching and knew at some point that my opportunity would come. So did Cube actually reach out to you and was like, you know, hey, hey, Craig, uh, I'd love for you to play in the big three this season, or how did that uh, process kind of work? <laughs> that would that would have been dope, like <laughs> that, but no, we um, we just we got an email just about entering the player pool. I said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll answer. You know, what do I have to lose? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, anything with Cube, like you said, anything he touches turns to gold, and he's done so much for the West Coast already, so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then people can't—you can't help but think. I mean, three on three is an Olympic sport. This is the first professional three on three Olympic um, game in the U.S. Yeah. So I mean, that's very big. Have you seen that I, type of platform? Have you seen a lot of three on three before coming into the league? I mean, you see it and hoop it up. I mean, we right. always had hoop it up out here in Cali, where <laughs> we had these three on three tournaments. And, um, you know, you play all day till you win. I actually won one, like, one tournament one day. I think it was in, like, Long Beach or something. I was, like, 13 or 14, but I was playing with grown men. Oh, my. <laughs> and they wanted me to come out there, and I was just ducking on them. You were a beast you know? back then, too. Yeah, so yeah. it was fun. It was fun. Well, I, I just bring that up because I was watching, you know, I, I've been watching the league since season one, but I w watched a little bit of FIBA basketball. Uh, you know, there's a player for the Ball Hogs and Dusan Balut, who's the number one player in the world over there. It's just it's just so interesting, even compared to the big three, the big differences. So I guess well, uh, just talking about three on three, I was thinking about FIBA and, and even seeing if you had seen any of that action because it it's a very different style of play like no other. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've taken a look um, through international games where guys have played three on three and stuff like that. Because in, in other countries, I believe it's a it's a professional sport. Yeah. Mistake. Uh, and yeah, and then even seeing them in uh, the Olympics or whatever when they were out like street ball three on three, they have that going. Yeah. It, it it's a it's something else. I definitely like the big three styles a little bit better, but it's definitely it's definitely still cool and fun to watch. Uh, yeah. very fast pace. Um, how was how was the uh 
the actual combine at, at the big three? I mean, was the competition strong? I mean, did you feel like you were dominating there? Because, you know, just from my perspective, I didn't really get to hear a lot. I just heard from people who were there. So I guess I'm interested to hear your take yeah, on that. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, I mean, in a sense, there were a lot of guys. Um, so, but I felt like I played very, very well on my team, as well as uh, the rest, rest of the guys on my team, Eddie Curry, Joshua Blunt, uh, Marcus Banks, Rodney Carney. I felt like uh, we had a very good unit. We only lost one game, and we lost that game. I felt like we should have won because one of our teammates got fouled and it wasn't called for a game. <laughs> so, but other than that, I felt like we did very well. We kind of stayed on one side instead of moving around because it felt like it was really difficult, but I felt like we had a lot of great competition. You know, guys were real eager to get out there and show their skills and, uh, you know, play at a high level. And uh, everybody did well, in my opinion. And uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. Man, that's awesome. I, I didn't really know how the process went. Um, were you, were you, was there anyone there that really just stood out and you were super impressed that wasn't on your team? And maybe you saw go in the draft at some point? I mean, I've always been a fan of uh, a Frank Frank Sessions. I like oh, his yeah. game a lot. I just really want to see his game uh, really excel at this level. So I'm, I'm uh, I would say I'll be happy to see Frank. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, you, me, and the rest of the Big Three community are are excited to see what he brings to the table. Especially, you know, I mean, he he was taken off off the draft pool and just became a co-captain there in Killer Three. So I thought it was pretty dope too. Um, you know, someone I've been following for a little while, playing in the Drew League and stuff. So, uh, I'm definitely just as excited as you are to see him play. Um, so let, let's take it to draft night. Uh, first round goes by. It seems like a, a lot of a lot of bigs was a priority there in that first round. Uh, you hear your name called in the second round. How did that How did that go about in terms of leading up to it? Did you get a call from one of the guys that were already captains there and? Uh, how happy are you that you were selected by enemies? Because you guys seem to be the uh, the team to beat, or the new the best new expansion team, even arguably. I was uh, it was a bit of a shock. Really, <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anything. I didn't know I was going to be drafted. Anything like that? I was totally unaware. And um, when I when I got it, because it was actually crazy. I was I was talking to it, and which I believe she's a pretty big time photographer because she said she had was a photographer for the Knicks. That was the lady I was standing next to. So she would take pictures of the people in, uh, who got drafted, like right in front. It was a great view. Oh, wow. So me and her just, just going back and forth. She's like, are you going to get drafted? I'm just like, I don't know. I think I'm just here for the experience. And God wants me to have this type of experience. During my last draft process of being in the NBA, I, I didn't actually go to the draft. I was there with my family and friends. So I think this was part of the process. And uh, just when my name was called, I, I was in complete shock because I didn't know. But, you know, <laughs> I just knew it was a ton of guys, but I got picked. So I was very, very happy and excited. And then it's just the focus clicked in and said, hey, God wants me to play basketball again. I'm very excited, too. Let's get this thing going. Wait, wait. I'm confused because you're saying you're surprised, but you just said you balled out at the combine with all your guys. You lost one game there. I, mean, I know, but you got to understand, it's a, it's a, it was like 150 people in 30 spots, you know? Right. And it's all into people's liking and their their positioning and what they need, you know? So who's to know if you, you know? Yeah, It's no. not like, hey, it's 60 people. All right, now I feel comfortable. Huh. 30, you know? You, you just never know. Yeah. And I think 
just just being in a positive groove, wishing everybody well, and then having the opportunity to have my name called too. I mean, it's a um, it's a dream come true. So now I can actually say I played on all top platforms that there ever were, you know, in professional basketball. Right. No, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's actually a good spot for you. So you're playing with you're playing with Gilbert Arenas, Perry Jones the third. They got the number one pick in Royce White there. You get to play with Lamar Odom, who's who's maybe been one of the bigger talks of the big three because of his comeback story. And uh, you also got, oh, I'm, oh Frank Robinson. I'm sorry. No, no disrespect to Frank. I, I actually forgot yep, him for a second. Yep. But, uh, Kelly Frank. Right. Hello, Kelly Frank. <laughs> how, how, uh, how excited are you to play with those guys? And have you been working with those guys a little bit, practicing with them? I mean... I mean, what's been the... Yeah, we, start, we, we, we started to get our little practice under the way just to get a little chemistry going. Um, I'm very excited to play with these guys. Um, like I said, Gilbert and Lamar, they, these are very knowledgeable and I would say top of the knowledge chain because they had so much success in the league. So being able to pick their brain and have understandings of their thought process, I mean, it's just, it works wonders. You know, you can ask for a better situation of just basketball minds. And then you got guys like Perry Jones and Royce White who are very, very hungry because they're still a little bit younger than us. So mm -hmm. they have the opportunity um, to flourish and shine in which they will. And, I mean, I just put myself in a position – I mean, um, sorry, Kelly Frank, Frank Robertson, a hungry guy for many years, um, league type of talent for sure, for sure. And I think he's going to – He's going to shock people with his game um, in the big three. People are going to be surprised about Frank. Man, I can't wait to see it. Because uh, I think I saw on someone's social media that was in the league, uh, I think it was actually Frank, uh, Frank Session. He was like, oh, okay, Frank, I see you got drafted. You didn't have to go to the combine. Uh, so I'm still interested <laughs> to kind of see how he's going to perform and stuff. But uh, you give him high praise, so I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Now, now, the enemies are one team that, or one of the few teams, I should say, that don't have any prior big three experienced players on the team. However, you guys get big Rick Mahorn as your head coach. He's already done it and won a championship with another team. What's it like to play for, you know, a legend in Rick Mahorn? I mean, a legend that's been a, been in some NBA finals. Right. Who knows what it takes. Played on a very tough, difficult Detroit bad boy piston team i love his energy i love his passion he's a winner um like i said to be with somebody I, and me i i'm a student of the game so when i get around such greatness it only propels me and i think it's going to propel our squad too and he's got experience in this league and being in his third season yeah i have the opportunity to do something special but it's one game at a time and and nothing's given to you easy. You got to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, he's been a he's been a joy to watch. Obviously, that first season, you know, nobody could even beat his team. So, I'm sure he's you know he's still hungry to win another one on a different team and kind of make some early big three history. You know, supplant his name in the big three in this league that I believe is going to be around for a long, long time. Uh, absolutely. What? Uh, I just want to kind of talk outside maybe of basketball a little bit. So. Based on what I've seen on just on your social media posts, you know, it seems like you're really involved with the L.A. community, the next generation of ballers. Uh, you're also an aspiring book writer. I mean, what what's kind of your side hustle outside of uh, getting ready for the big three? Um, well, I, I partner up 
with uh, the LA Clippers and I do a lot of work in the community. Whether it's mentoring, uh, we have a mentorship program where I go to different schools uh, over the city of Los Angeles and talk to them just about how to deal with failure, how to find your goals, how to find the right mentor, how to be in control of your situation. Um, and then uh, that's propelled to be, you know, something really well that's even helped me develop even more ideas to spark ideas for children's books. Because that's, um, that's one of my passions that I've developed in, in Israel is becoming a writer about my experiences. So I'm, I'm right now I'm in the process of developing children's books based off my character, the Rhino. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then, and then things are just going to go from there. I know I'm probably going to write a, a personal book. So I feel like just having an inner city kid um, with you know, these pretty cool accolades and uh, being able to travel the world, uh, I'm sure they can uh, help inspire uh, younger kids as well by giving them uh, another book to read. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's actually super dope. And uh, I was I was really interested to hear and how uh, your book writing was coming along and what you were actually writing about. But it seems like, just like in your game, you're also versatile in writing. So super excited to see all your work come out. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, final question. Because we are in the time of the NBA Finals and we're at an even series, and we got a game coming up tomorrow. Who you got tomorrow? Who you got tomorrow night? And the Warriors and Raptors. We're going back home to Oracle Arena. Uh, potentially could be the last time or the last two games there ever, just depending on how the series goes. Uh, who do you like tomorrow? Man, this is a tough one. So based upon these injuries, man. Yeah. Looney's out. I know, um, I know Clay say he's going to play. KD is out. This is probably going to be Golden State's toughest battle yet, but they have it at home. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so crazy. torn because I just, yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to just be a bad guy and say maybe Kawhi comes out on top tomorrow. Oh, man, I think, I don't think you'd be a bad guy. I actually think most people would agree with you and be on your side. I think you're actually the good guy in this scenario. Because uh, they have a real good opportunity to get them. I know they're high off their game, um, game two, and, but these injuries, we just don't know how, how much Clay's going to be available because you got to remember in, in game two, and majority of these playoff series, when when Clay, when the Warriors are struggling, Clay is mostly carrying the load until everybody gets up to par and finishes the game. Yeah, I think that Looney injury is going to affect them. And Lo and, yeah, and Looney too, because Looney's been a, a very good supportive big to have. He's, yeah, he's, he's had big plays out there for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see if those other guys around him step up. You know, Boogie's kind of shaping back into form. I mean. You know, he's kind of playing like he's he's playing maybe some yeah. at a rec gym. How many minutes he going to play? But, he has to get subbed. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that was a reason to go, go out and get Bogut. But, I mean, you know. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see. You know, they were they, they played this, like, this weird box defense when it was just Curry on the floor with Draymond and Boogie yeah. and a couple other yeah. guys. You know, I don't. I don't know if they can run that the whole game and it actually work, but, you know, they're just so versatile defensively, Toronto. I mean, if those guys like Clay and KD, I mean, KD's out, but if Clay's out, you know, I mean, we'll see. You could be right. You really could be right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you 
know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you you know what, I want Toronto to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors won. Yeah. That's just how it's been over the last four to five years. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the game, even though they're down 10 with three minutes left. They they find a way. They find a way, I tell you. They always find a way. Yeah, so, someone whose name you've never heard of will step up and, and drop some major buckets. So, yeah, I wouldn't right. be surprised either. But, uh, Craig, I super appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for sharing your story a little bit and talking about your experiences. I'm excited to see you play in the Big 3 this season. I think everyone, except maybe Will from Big 3 News, who does a lot of these podcasts with me, has high hopes for enemies. He's a little skeptical still, uh, just to let you know. So if you know, you're looking for an ass beating for any of, any of those guys yeah. who are skeptical, he's your, he should be your top priority there. <laughs> he's, the, he's the motivation. Cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah, su uh, super appreciate your time, and uh, good luck this season. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. That'll conclude today's episode of the 4th Man Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, at 4th Man Pod. That's 4-T-H-M-A-N-P-O-D. We also have a giveaway going on. You can get more info on Twitter in the pinned tweet. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you to Craig. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.